Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Hans Gruber. <laughs> I got nothing else on that one. Hi, Frenchie. How are you? Hopefully everyone knows who that is. If they don't... I don't then... even know why I remember that name. Do you know what it's from, or do you... No, I like legit... I'm sure I, I, I would if you told me, but I, I don't remember right now. It's Alan Rickman's villain character in Die Hard. Mm, yep. That's probably because I was watching Die Hard on TV, on TV earlier today. Anyway, let's start with some trivia. Let's dive right into it. Let's have some fun. It's going to be a short episode. There is one man in F1 that has illegally started a race. He also uh. holds the distinction. There might be a couple here if you get this right away. Okay. He also holds the distinction of being the only man in Formula 1 to have a did not start, did not finish, and disqualified on his record. Who is it? I, I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, it's it's Hans something. Um, hold on. It is, yeah. Hans Hans Heyer, Hans Heyer, something like that, right? Hans Heyer, Heyer, yeah, yeah. Does I think he's didn't he win Lamar? I do not I do not know. I have to look that up, but I thought he did something like he actually wasn't a complete failure. No, he definitely didn't win Lamar. There's some other Hans that did. Oh well. <laughs> Another Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at his uh his Lamar record and he raced from like 72 to 86 pretty much every year and he DNF'd every single time. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's just impressive. I mean in a in a bad way, it's impressive. Yeah. All right, let's go with the true or false here. F1 cars produce more G-force than a space shuttle. Um, I'm just going to say true. So, so it says here, to put that in perspective, the largest G-force that is produced by a NASA space shuttle is around 3.5 Gs. In F1, Hamilton's pole lap, now this is from 2017, in 2017 was over 6 Gs. I... I that one is hard to comprehend, but that's probably because I'm not that smart. And let me let me look at this list here, see if there's anything else, or we can just move on. Okay. Actually, this isn't a trivia fact. This is a trivia more than an interesting fact. I don't know how to make it in trivia. The 1997 championship rivals never shared a podium. Oh. Can you name them? The people who fought for the championship? Yeah. In 97? Then it yes. would have been Jacques Villeneuve and Michael Schumacher. Yeah. They never shared a podium? 
They did not. That's kind of hard to believe, but I do. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, that's what the internet tells me. I guess Schumacher didn't do super well in 97. Like, he was okay, but I imagine he was... The races that he won, maybe Jacques was not doing well. I don't know, because that Williams car was dominant. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Interesting. Let's talk about Extreme E. Oh, my God. No, thanks. Yeah. No. I I don't know. Has that taken off? Like... I know it started. They, they actually on the, and we'll talk about this next week. The Jamie Chadwick press conference with Michael Andretti today. Uh, there was a person asking Jamie if the rigors of Extreme E, the handful of races she entered there, oh, yeah. would help her to would help her handle like a bumpy street circuit sort of thing. And then, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. What a reach! A other, yeah, yeah. Somebody didn't know what to ask and was really trying to figure out an interesting question. <laughs> and apparently she's very well regarded, more on the NHRA side of things than, than IndyCar, but... Oh, this person. I don't know, man. Yeah, this person. I thought you were Not talking Jamie about Chadwick. Jamie Chadwick. She's, like, when did she do NHRA? And, uh, yeah, Jamie Chadwick, has, at, at age 12, simultaneously was in Europe and Nitro Funny Cars. Yeah, she's uh, John Force's illegitimate child. <laughs> Okay, move on. Just kidding. Before we get in trouble. Yeah. I have to interview her soon. Yeah. Jamie Chadwick? Yeah, at some point. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was just a joke. So, let's talk <laughs> about the news. There's some stuff that's interesting, but literally, this will kind of exemplify how desperate we are in this offseason for news. Logan Sargent has picked his number for next season. And it's he's number two. See, normally I would just say nothing because I have nothing to say to this, but this is a podcast, so I have to say something, and that's all I have to say. Does he have an inferiority complex? Let's analyze this. Why would you pick number two? <laughs> Derek Jeter. Stoffel Van Dorn. He's a big Jeter fan as a, as a Yankees fan. No, definitely not Stoffel Van Dorn. Nobody's a Stoffel Van Dorn fan. Even Stoffel Van Dorn is not a Stoffel Van Dorn. <laughs> he fan. was the last one to use that number, apparently. Yeah, F1. I know. That's, that's, that's why I kept going with that. I can't think of really anyone famous who used the number two. I mean, I guess Alan Prost won in the number two car in 1989 by wrecking Ayrton Senna out at Suzuka. So, I don't. yeah, interesting choice. Are we talking like just F1? Because, you know, Joseph Newgarden is number two. Yeah, no, I was talking F1. Okay. Oh, for the heritage. But maybe Logan Sargent's a big uh, Joe New fan. Yeah, it could be. Wasn't Mario Andretti's uh, famous Indy 500 car number two? I don't remember. For some reason, I'm picturing that it was. But if I'm wrong, that's going to be embarrassing. All right, let's get yeah, to got some more news. That's actual news. Alex Pillow has been officially announced as McLaren's reserve driver for next season. Is there Okay. Where there's smoke there's fire or what what are we what do we think is happening here? Nothing. I there's I don't think there's too much to read into. It's it's I mean how many reserve drivers have never driven in Formula One afterwards? A lot of them. So 
I I'm not really all that hung up about it to be honest with you. We'll worry about it next off season. Hey man, or in or in April when when Pelo says he's gonna stop driving for Ganassi and start. Um, he's gonna be a fighter pilot until F1 can find room for him or something ridiculous like that. Nico Hulkenberg, F1 driver, you know, from a reserve position. I don't ever want to hear Nico Hulkenberg <laughs> as a defense on this podcast again. Have we even? Did we mention that he's officially in that seat, or is that have we been gone for this long? I can't even keep track of to, when we recorded last. Really, uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember, and I don't care. I don't. I like you know what, Hulkenberg is. Oh, we is did talk about bum. it. I think because I think we. I think we talked about it like the night before it was like officially official when like we were pretty sure it was going to be official. Yeah. But that's all I got for you. Yeah, I guess we'll give that a shout out, even though it's not super interesting. Uh, We also, not surprisingly, saw that uh, Mattia Bonotto has resigned from his position at Ferrari. So are you going to celebrate? You've been calling for that. I have been calling for that for more than just this year. I know. And I am very happy. It, it um, The news came out on a day, like, wasn't it one of the days I was sick, which has been a lot lately, but I, I don't remember when it came out, and I definitely didn't tweet about it or anything because I wasn't feeling great. And here we are, and let me tell you, this is the best news we're going to get all offseason in F1. I can guarantee it. There's going to be nothing that tops the fact that Harry Potter's uncle is now out of <laughs> Formula One. But who do they replace him with? That's the problem. Like, I guess they can promote someone internally. I don't think this solves the problem. Maybe it does help no, them in the long run, but no. this probably doesn't they, help them for 2023 at all. Yeah, they've still got a lot of problems. I mean, it's not just him, but, you know, like a coach, he's the scapegoat. I do remember talking about him now because I made that same analogy a couple weeks ago. Okay, so just because it's kind of interesting, Luca de Montezemolo has uh, commented on this. And he said, the situation that's arisen at Ferrari displeases me very much and worries me. But in moments like these, since I really love Ferrari very much, I prefer not to comment, except to say that, unfortunately, it seems to me that it is a company without a leader and without leadership. I I mean, that last point is fair. Is he putting his directionless back in? I don't know. I'm reaching for straws to find interesting stuff tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's just F1 has like completely gone off the radar in the last couple weeks in terms of anything interesting that's happening. Like we need we need Nikita Mazepin to like, I don't know, not come back and race, but like come back and like hit his just I, we need him to talk or we need rich energy to come back from life because i can't see what that guy says anymore so why he blocked you he blocked me a couple months ago yeah uh well we could always just kind of call up bernie ecclestone and see what he has to say yeah maybe he knows how to throw a yeah. grenade <laughs> christ okay so speaking of grenades um esteban Ocon threw two of them in recent days and that i found pretty interesting and i just wanted to drop these here because i thought they were hilarious so if anyone hadn't seen them uh you were missing out because they're funny so he said the first thing i think that he said is basically he's happy that 
Alonzo's leaving. I mean, clearly they were not getting along. And he said he was unhappy with whatever Alonzo had said in the press. But he said, honestly, the work was 98% on my back and 2% on his. I was overworked. I was doing all the development in the simulator and the marketing trips. Is this woe is me? What a... Yeah, this is this is such a whiny baby move is the best way I can describe it. I, I sincerely doubt it was 98% him and 2% Alonzo. Did he do more marketing type stuff than Fred? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't even have to question that one. But I don't. I don't know. This seems like wah wah wah. Everybody's a crybaby in this episode. That, yeah, that's the title of our episode. Everyone is a crybaby in F one. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. We can. We can. I'm call gonna it forget that. that in the morning when I when I publish this. I guarantee it. I'll but remind you. You heard it here now. Yeah. No. So I am with you. I don't think that he was doing ninety eight percent of the work. I Alonzo is probably able to get away with slacking off because he doesn't seem to need to develop a car. He just jumps in and drives whatever you give him and is able to get results out of it or get the max out of it. So Alonzo or Ocon probably just has to work harder to get, you know, close to Alonzo. I mean, maybe he was working really hard. I don't know. I think he's known to work pretty hard. But hey, if you're Fernando Alonzo and you don't really have to work for it, or you make it look easy, that's a way to kind of do his favorite thing and mentally annihilate your teammate by making it look so easy from your side and just make them feel pathetic. And obviously it worked. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it, honestly. So the other thing that Ocon said that I sent you and we shared a chuckle over is that he says he could compete against Max Verstappen in the same car. And I'm going to read the full statement for content with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. I'm convinced that I could compete against Max with the same weapons. I have to be. If you do not believe in yourself, you have nothing to do in this sport. I have a contract with Alpine until 2024, and we are growing a lot to close the gap to the rest. 
Max is a great representative of my generation. He's one of the greatest in F1 today. I am not here just to compete, and I continue to hope that we can close the gap. Oh, boy. Well, one one thing is for sure. Confidence in, in motorsports, you know, whether it's F1 or IndyCar or anything, is vital. So, you know, respect respect to that. I, I don't really have an issue with that per se. Do I think it would actually happen? No, not a chance. Not not even a little bit. No, I I think he'd probably be about as good as Sergio Perez is as Max's teammate. And that's not to say that he's bad, but I mean, I think Ocon's a competent, capable F1 driver that deserves his seat in a midfield team. But I don't know. I mean, he hasn't shown anything to really make himself distinct from the rest of that mid pack. So, yeah, I I mean, the fact that he thinks he could compete with Max in the same car obviously either says that he's extremely confident, like you said, or that maybe he underestimates the amount that Matt, like the difference that Max makes even in a great car. Sure. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I think you're, you're on to something. Hey, I mean, that's why everyone comes here for our uh, hard hitting analysis. Totally. Or, or more just so we can actually, so you know how I made fun of Cody yesterday at the very end of the IndyCar episode, you you know, Cody listens because, and I can tell you almost what time he listens. I can't find my text with him. So he texted me this morning at 1124. So approximately 1123, he heard me make fun of him in the IndyCar episode. So, you know, I don't know where I was going with that one, but there's there's not much else going on this week. What does he text you? Is it like, is is he upset or does he just come was, to expect it now? It was a, a little bit of both. I don't think it was upset. It was more like expletive you. I just listened to that. Okay, we're going to move on and continue talking. Okay. We, we I still think we should have him on as a guest at some point. Oh, man. Yes, we can. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have him next week with our other guest host if you really wanted to. Uh, they've never met, I don't think. So that might be weird. But maybe another point in the off weird. No, I wasn't yeah, saying that. Yeah. Just like I know <laughs> that was my that was my my dig for the episode. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so there's two last little pieces of news that I think we should cover. One is pretty boring, to be honest, and I just laugh at this title. So Gunther Steiner is going to release a book in April. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, and it's his like insider diary from the 2022 season i guess or no is it from the 2021 season no 2022 yeah and so i guess it might be interesting to hear what he has to say about nikita mazepin i'll be really intrigued hopefully he doesn't hold back about that but the title it's coming out in april 2023 the title of the book is driving to or surviving to drive so cheesy and i get it it's a money grab right there and i can't hate it because it's totally a money grab at the same time i hate it because it's totally a money grab yeah i mean if that makes sense i think it will probably fulfill a need right in f1 of people who are they know gunther steiner from drive to survive and this is his little way of playing on that and getting kind of the casual fan to read this book and that's pretty smart of him yeah i I can't blame him like you said though it's a blatant cash grab 
that, hey, I mean, I would do it probably if I could. I mean, yeah. I'd hopefully come up with a better title because you have to live with that being your book for the rest of your life. And I wouldn't want that to be the title. That's pretty lame. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's cheesy. It's a money grab done by some book publisher or something like that. So it's I don't hate it as I don't hate it too much, but it's 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 lame. We'll see if he even wrote this book, to be honest. I know a lot of the time these are ghost written. So it might be his diary from the twenty twenty two season or he might just recount his feelings over the off season or something with an author who then turns it into a book. I I doubt this is going to be among the great F1 books, but maybe we'll circle back to that in April. I think we should do kind of what we did last year, though, and maybe uh, talk about some of the F1 books that I've been able to read over this year and give recommendations to people to read over the offseason. Or maybe we can get recommendations, too. Yeah. Frenchie's Book Club. That sounds good. (laughs) Frenchie's Book Club. (laughs) <laughs> instead of doesn't oprah have a book club oprah's book club or something yeah frenchie's but do you need like a little sticker so you can put on like a racing book if it makes your book club yeah exactly and then it would sell yeah. like hotcakes yep yep everyone and we all would the get like one percent of the profit exactly yep. mm-hmm. all right the last piece of news is probably the one that i think we're gonna have the strongest feelings about and that is that the active aero plans for the 2026, I guess, body kits or the 2026 car when it comes out could include reverse DRS, basically, or the idea that you handicap cars to prevent runaway wins. I hate I hate this so much. This is a fiery effing passion, passionate hate. This is the dumbest. That whole thing, that whole link hold on i'm pulling it up i just got sent it again active drs handicapping car performance it's just you have a if you do that if you go down that route you are saying we are not racing we are purely entertainment yeah and we are going to take it out of the driver's hands agreed yeah. so you are all about the car then you and i could drive a car with reverse drs and do well that might be an exaggeration but you get the point yeah based on our performance in the xbox league i doubt it (laughs) but hey i got points at monaco that's cool but how many people finished not many yeah six but hey as long as you you i mean what is it mario's thing or who says that somebody said it in racing to finish first first you must finish I don't know whose quote oh, that is. Yeah, I, forget. I don't remember who said that either. But okay, yeah, this is absolutely would just be flat out race manipulation. And if you feel uncomfortable yeah, with the yeah. way that uh, Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one finished, then you would feel uncomfortable with the fact that Ross Braun has even floated this as a possibility. I really don't like it. I just want them to get rid of DRS. That should be their goal, not to add it even to the equation even more and make it stronger in another direction i agree there you should be able to design cars that can race well okay because other series are able to do it and if they can't figure it out i don't i don't get it but like change the the regulations i mean make the there's an equate you can limit the cars like they do in other series right because obviously if you go for full flat out arrow 
and make them the most technologically advanced cars ever, then sometimes you have a problem with racing, right? Because you just have all these cars that interfere with each other. But I don't know. If you have to use DRS, I guess I'm kind of used to it now with at least the way that it works currently. But if they were to make it go the other way to just manipulate the races and make them closer, uh, yeah, that that would be absolutely rage-inspiring. I, I might boycott F1. Uh, I would not watch F1 if, if, there was prefer- if there was some sort of manipulation like that i'd be i'd be totally out you know it'd be cool i would turn this into an i would turn this into a nascar podcast oh i i guess i definitely wouldn't be the co-host anymore then but no you would i would make you <laughs> i would for i would i would tie you in a room and make you talk about nascar um you know what would be even worse like formula e just got rid of the gimmicky fan boost fan boost yeah. imagine if like f1 adopted it and like if you voted for somebody to get this like reverse drs i could see them doing something like that yeah yeah like we vote (laughs) and this is this is the person of the week that gets slowed down by reverse drs (laughs) oh man yeah anyway um i don't think this will happen hopefully they're not that crazy but we'll just keep an eye on it yeah is that it yeah, I don't think there's much else unless I'm forgetting anything that you can remember. No, not really. But anyway, we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, in case you missed the announcement yesterday, I will not be recording next week. Frenchie will have a special guest for F1. Frenchie will have a different special guest for IndyCar. And Frenchie will do a NASCAR episode totally by himself next week where he will do nothing but sing the praises of Chase Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, and Cody Ware, because we like Cody Ware. That'd be fine. So, I, I could get behind those three. If you had given me like some other drivers, it would have been much harder. Those guys don't seem half bad. No. No, fair. Okay. Well, everybody, have a lovely weekend watching sports. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!